it sounds really pretty. Let's make intuitive decisions. Let's live our life from like what feels good and from the body. And that's where the rest practice comes in. That's where learning how to be still and quiet and in between comes in because when you surrender to moving through life intuitively rather than always being 10 steps ahead in your mind, it, it takes a lot of nervous system strength to be in that, yeah, in that in-between. Sometimes to me, it feels like almost in a free-falling space a little bit, like or walking into the forest in the dark and you don't know where you're going. To Healing Union podcast. This is your host, Jofi. Jofia Antonia Gal, MD. Healing Union has been created to bring together and find harmony between modern and traditional medicines, the body and the mind, health and creative living, all in the name of healing, deep nourishment, and joy. Welcome. In this week's episode, we talk with Emmy, Emmy Ray, who is the woman behind the Daily Rest account on Instagram that many of you probably already know. On that account, she shares her wisdom through poetry. She is a big advocate of rest, living a gentle, intuitive life attuned to nature's cycles and aligned with our human design because she also teaches uh, about human design and does human design readings as well and she's also a restorative yoga teacher i would definitely recommend you to check out her daily rest online rest studio where she shares all kinds of different practices, holds space for human design circles, uh, gives a monthly practice. It's just a beautiful space to really get familiar with Emmy's energy. And she also has different offerings, for example, long-term one-on-one mentorings that I have been uh, taking um, part in since July actually anyways I definitely recommend (laughs) working with Emmy on a deeper level as well and about today's episode that we'll dive into we uncover this whole topic of living in alignment with our human design living in this surrendering mode which is not an easy thing to do which is definitely not something that we've been taught how to do and i felt that the timing was perfect to release this episode right before winter begins because winter is definitely the season of looking inwards getting deep rest 
uh, just diving into this fertile darkness. And this is exactly what practicing rest or restorative classes, this is what it does. It teaches us to befriend the darkness, the uncertainty. It teaches us to get honest with ourselves. So this is yeah, something that we will uncover a lot more during this episode. I hope you'll enjoy and I hope whatever you need right now you can just take with you from this episode. And yeah, without further ado, let's tune in. Welcome, Emmy. So nice to have you here. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> same, same. So can you say a few words about yourself, uh, who you are, what you do? Yeah, um, it's always so hard, right? To yeah. <laughs> to put it all in a few words. Um, but basically, I I do a lot of different things that all come together under, I guess, a wide umbrella of rest or living gently, which maybe sounds uh very easy and very sweet but as we might discuss as we go through uh the talk today like the podcast it's like that's not always the case you know um living gently and taking space and being in quiet and stillness is in my opinion one of the most healing one of the most productive um one of the most like medicinal things we can do on the planet and so I bring in a lot of different elements of just what I love like writing poetry and practicing yoga and meditation and breath work and working with human design to hopefully um, lead us in the direction of taking more of that space and quiet and stillness so that we can yeah like live a life that feels good and feels like us um, long-winded answer <laughs> here I am I knew we would dive right in I mean you're such a huge teacher uh, of mine in, in this just really yeah making our life our own and really taking in the magic of the simplest things. Um, and I feel like yeah. you're such an embodiment of, of this practice. So my question is, yeah, um, how did you get here? Was it always like this? What's, what's been your, your journey? Yeah. Um, and I have to say, like, I think you're such a beautiful embodiment of it as well. You know, everything that you do and... Um, even the way you speak, I'm like pausing just to listen <laughs> you talking. Um, you know, even that invites me to be still and quiet. But um, yeah, it wasn't always the way for me. You know, I was brought up as many of us are in a in a way that is beautiful and there is nothing wrong with it, but brought up in a way 
um, that had me believe that hard work was the key and the answer to a good life and a sweet life. And um, that suited me okay because I realized I could work very hard. That wasn't a problem. Um, but what I discovered over the years is, of course, that doesn't always lead us in the right direction or to a place where we actually feel really good in our bodies and in our lives. And it was in my early 20s that I uh, started to kind of explore yoga and meditation. And by explore, I mean, as soon as I did my first yoga class, I was obsessed completely from that first moment. And um, although it was something my mother had been trying to get me into for years and years and years for most of my life, I never listened. When I finally walked in of my own choice, you know, and I walked into a space where it was very alternative at the time, everyone was you know, um, wearing like baggy clothes and band t-shirts and they were tattooed and um, they looked like riffraffs, you know, that's the first place I practiced yoga. It wasn't Lululemon pants and crop tops. It was very much a, um, yeah, like it was in a really graffitied area. And for me, that was, that was the doorway I needed into it because I came from, um, being very much in the creative community and music and writing and art and all those things, partying, you know. And so I, um, yeah, I found this doorway into the yoga world that was the right door for me in that moment. Um, and, you know, even in the beginning of my exploration into yoga, it was very much the loud music. There was lots of like, loud music in the class was very dynamic, very fast paced. And um, again, that that was what I needed in that moment. It wasn't until years later that I did a teacher training and everyone started saying to me, you should teach yin. You should teach, you know, and I was so offended, like so deeply offended. Like, I don't want to teach yin. <laughs> teach vinyasa. I want to do handstands, you know. And so it was really through that suggestion from the external that I initially was offended by because it hit, I think it hit a part of my shadow very strongly that always wanted to be like cool, you know, like I always wanted to be, um, yeah, see, maybe seen as like louder and more um, rebellious or cooler than I actually was. And when people saw in me that quietness or stillness or softness, I wanted to reject that very strongly because I felt that it wasn't good enough. And so it's it's been really um, an interesting unfolding. And that was just kind of the beginning of learning that I don't always have to move very, very quickly and work very, very hard, um, you know, in order to be where I want to be in my life. Yeah. Beautiful. And wow, I can resonate so much with um, yeah, the people on the outside seeing the soft side of yourself and that triggering you. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and the hardworking part as well, because I think it, it started shifting for me a bit over a year ago. 
uh, yeah. around when I, I started diving more into your workshops and classes as well. Um, yeah, it was around a year ago when I embraced the fact that, yes, I do have a fiery, airy side, but mm -hmm. at the same time, there's so much earth in my chart and there's so much stillness and quiet and I kind of feel like that's a bigger side of me. But um, yeah, it, it takes a while to embrace that. Um, yeah. yeah, well, speaking of... Uh, can you tell us your sun, moon, and rising signs? Yeah, and I love what you said, actually, that, like, I think that's so big that we can be fiery, like, you have the Aries, but you also have, like, the earth and the sensuality, like, that's so important that we can have mm. both, and almost the quiet and the softness will feed the healthy fire um anyway yeah my uh my son is in pisces um which i don't know people tell me that seems very accurate um i always connected for a long time very strongly to my moon which is in sagittarius and i have a taurus uh rising which is probably something i again like pushed away from mm -hmm. i remember when i even first found out like that i had a taurus rising i was like that can't be me, you know, like I'm not slow and steady and all these things, but now it, now it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as the expert and my biggest teacher and inspiration in human design, what is your human design type? Energy? Yeah. I am a, um, I'm a sacral generator with a 5-1 profile. And similar to you, we have a lot of um, open senses in our chart, a lot of openness, which I think is just an interesting flavor too. Yeah. And uh, yeah, since we're here with human design, <laughs> can you tell us a bit about it? Because I feel like I promised everyone also other people who were on the podcast before and i asked about their energy type and i'm like i was always like yep there will be an episode where <laughs> emmy will tell us all <laughs> about it yeah yeah i it's interesting because um we could believe that rest and living slowly and gently and human design have nothing in common and that was my feeling as well at first when I first came across human design. Um, and then through the experiment of living and being uh, in that, that kind of process, or it almost feels like an unraveling, you know, mm -hmm. um, of, of living that human design experiment, I realized that the ability to, to learn how to take pause and find stillness and be okay in the in-between space, which is a lot of what we learn through the rest practice, is such valuable like groundwork for experimenting with your human design. And so human design, I mean, we could spend the next hour even talking about the, the basics of what this system is, but you know, uh, I guess one of the, the first layers that we learn about when we come across the system is the aura types. And there are five different aura types. We have generators, manifesting generators, manifestors, projectors, and reflectors. 
and each energy type or each each person each individual person has their own chart which is so multi-layered and so dense and so unique everyone's chart is so so unique but even if we don't have necessarily like the luxury of getting a human design reading or we just want to find out what that energy type is we can already learn so much about just the aura type alone. And um, on a very, very basic level, if you look up your chart and you find out you're a generator or a manifesting generator, what that means is that you are an energy being on this planet. It doesn't mean you necessarily uh, have more energy than anyone else. What it means is that when manifesting generators or generators, when we do something that we love or we find interesting or we adore or um yeah it just kind of turns us on then we create more energy in our system we build energy in our system this doesn't mean we don't need to rest this doesn't mean we don't need to take very slow days but what it means is that when we are engaged in the right type of doing that feeds the body and the energy system and then we have manifestors who are very much this um they're pure like yang energy in motion they're very much the people who get things started who push things forward who can sometimes be misunderstood or triggering to people that are really, really important in learning to trust their ideas and their kind of surges of creativity and knowing. And then we have projectors who are really the guides. So they're the ones looking at all of us and, and being like, turn around, you're going the wrong way. You know, the projectors see into the other. They really have the gift of, of the sight that we can't necessarily comprehend. And then we have reflectors who are really reflecting back the energy of humanity, of the family, of the environment, of the workplace. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a beautiful system. And I I think something that it's always difficult, right, to go into the nuances when we're talking very generally, but something I think we can all take away from it is this idea of not making mental decisions. So not, and we've talked about this so much, you know, not necessarily choosing something um, or yeah, kind of trying to plan everything out from the mental space. And the system's almost designed to guide us or to help us make more intuitive decisions, right? Make more like body-based decisions. And that's when you look on the chart for that term or that word authority. And, and your authority is the human design, let's say, um, perspective on what your particular intuition might feel like or sound like or how it might communicate with you. And I feel like that's really incredible. That's really world-changing. But then when we think about, okay, what does it, it sounds really pretty. Let's make intuitive decisions. Let's live our life from like what feels good and from the body. And that's where the rest practice comes in. That's where learning how to be still and quiet and in between comes in because when you surrender to moving through life intuitively rather than always being 10 steps ahead in your mind, it, it takes a lot of nervous system strength 
to be in that, yeah, in that in between. Sometimes to me, it feels like almost in a free falling space a little bit, mm-hmm. like, or walking into the forest in the dark and you don't know where you're going. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's how I wanted to bring it back to rest as well, <laughs> because it's so, you can't separate the two, I, I feel. And for me, okay, I'm also a sacral generator, but for me, it's, it has to do, a, human design has to do a lot with listening to my body, um, listening to the smallest signs. And for that, there's so much space and time and honesty with the self <laughs> that you need to really mm-hmm. be able to, first of all, listen and then actually follow those little signs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I I remember you held this workshop on human design just a few weeks ago. And yeah, I just remember you saying that human design is all about um, making more aligned decisions. Um, yeah. And <laughs> once again, with rest, I feel like Human design is this system that helps you be more efficient in a way, but you need all that rest first to be able to open up to this, which once again sounds so controversial. And uh, (laughs) yeah, I just love to look at it in this sense. And I feel like you also talked about this in one of your sub stacks or emails that Mm -hmm. I think many people are in love with. Yeah. You. yeah it's it, it does sound really controversial and really strange to uh like rest first you know like to make that space first and human design another way we can even look at the system is even if we take the word manifestation this idea of all right i want to manifest you know we can roll our eyes at that word now but i think we have to remember that it's actually really cool that we're at a time on the planet where we can even have access to to tools and teachings about mindset and about beliefs and all these things that actually keep us from creating a life that we we really enjoy living. It doesn't mean it's without challenge or without difficulty or it's guaranteed success, but we do have the ability, obviously, to co-create our reality. And I think that's, again, it doesn't mean that everything's perfect, but yeah, I just, I, sometimes we say the word manifestation and immediately it's a little bit like, ugh, you know, like eye roll. But when we come back to human design, uh, another way we can look at it is the system is helping us to manifest or co-create the life that we're here to live one decision at a time, you know? So it's not so much emphasis on, and again, if if goals and um, you know five year plan, ten year plan, and, and that that works for you, then don't change it. If something is working for you. Don't let any system tell you that that's not correct, that that's not right. But if you're someone who's tried to move with those goals and um, even yeah those plans and those action steps, and this is where I want to end up. It's really cool to, if that hasn't been working for you, it's really cool to come into the human design world and instead come back to that 
just moment by moment, decision by decision way of moving through the world. And it doesn't mean that we that we get it right 100% of the time either. Like years into human design experimentation, you're still going to make a decision from what we call like the not self, you know, rather than your authority or your intuition because we're human and life is life. Uh, but most people I work with and myself included, I think maybe you have a similar experience. Often when we move in this way by sure, maybe we have a vision, maybe we have a desire, maybe we have something that we're um, feeling into or moving toward. Often when we can make these aligned decisions, we end up somewhere we didn't even expect. It's a little bit surprising and, and way better than we could have planned for ourselves um but but the thing is about moving in that way again it sounds very pretty or uh you know soft and oh that would be so beautiful but I can't live like that you know it it takes nervous system strength Mm -hmm. in order to 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 be in that kind of surrendered state I think I don't know how anyone can can move through life in that way without some kind of nervous system practices or just having a very, very robust kind of resilient uh, system. Totally. Um, mm. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I know you're also a book nerd. I don't know if you read <laughs> this book. Um, it's called The Surrender Experiment. I have It was written by this guy who wrote The Untethered Soul. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember his name, but same same author. And yeah. the Surrender Experiment one was, um, he wrote down his own story in that book, which is insane. And, and obviously a huge part of it was just him surrendering. And uh, at first, okay, super short <laughs> version, but mm-hmm. at first he just felt like he wanted to just turn away from this busy world and literally go out, live in the forest and meditate the whole day. And then little things started to happen, like a person would show up or his teacher would reach out to finish his exams or thesis, whatever. And at first he was resisting it. And then he noticed that like, oh, he can make this a part of his meditation, his uh, experiment, let's say. And uh, yeah, you know, life just took him to all these different uh, places that he did not expect or plan at all and he became very very successful in the job that he was doing created a whole community spread his teachings wrote these books so um yeah Yeah. that just came up (laughs) but i feel like that's what human design is about yeah yeah i love that And I feel like a huge part of it is also what you said. It's a step-by-step process. I love how you approach it more from this practical, uh, experiential side because you don't really know what life has in store for you. And I think that's, that's the most, most beautiful thing that when you start controlling it less, all these crazy opportunities come, um, and yeah, it's so, so related to, to rest, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, again, there are so many different 
teachers and guides in the human design system. And that's what I think is beautiful. You know, everyone brings their own lens and their own approach. And I think that's something that I love to work with is the more practical on the earth application of it. Um, which maybe some people would see as rudimentary because you can go so deeply into human design. You can, there's just, there's so many layers, there's so much depth, but with that depth comes jargon and comes um, just sometimes for some of us an information overload, particularly, I believe, if we're people who have prided ourselves on our intellectual ability or our academic performance for you know, a lot of us hang our worth on something like that, you know, our ability to, um, yeah, like really move from the intellect. And our intellect has always been the part of us that was perhaps praised or we were told that we were good or worthy from that. And so I, I feel that if we're more on that side, then, then actually what's very, very healing is learning how the intellect can function so beautifully as this part of us that studies or creates or writes or teaches or whatever it is, is inspired, um, comes up with plans or strategies. But when it comes to making decisions about what do I like, what's next for me? Where am I going? Should I take this job opportunity? Should I take that job opportunity to, to let the intellect kind of move away from those type of decisions uh, is difficult when we've when we've put so much of our worth into that part of ourselves, but it is it's so worth the the effort, the discomfort of of moving in that direction. I feel, and that's where human design comes in handy because instead of being like, don't think about it, just feel it. Human design says, okay, you have a sacral authority, which feels like. X, Y, Z, or you have an emotional authority, which feels like this is a little bit more, you know, something that you can work with or play with. Um, yeah. And it's true. And again, it's not for, I'm not saying this is everyone's story, but for so, so, so many of us, um, there is this experience of when we stop trying to fill in the empty space by making another plan, by running forward at full speed, when we just allow ourselves to be kind of comfortable in, in that, I don't know what's coming next, but I know something's coming next, then that's where magic starts to happen. Um, but it's almost all of us want to run away from that space as fast as we can and fill it up. Doesn't matter what it's with, you know, it's that kind of messaging that we all have. If maybe there's a job opportunity that looks so good on paper and the messaging we have is like, take it now. You're never going to get anything better than that. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I think we need to totally rewire that um, belief or that idea. Yeah. Mm. Well, I feel um, like, yeah, I'll bring in my personal situation. Right <laughs> Because I feel like I am in this big, big space in between. And mm. uh, it's, yeah, it's just the most beautiful period to be working with you. Um, because I'm doing one-on-ones with Emmy for the listeners. <laughs> just mentioning it. And yeah, so I want to dive a bit deeper into this, into this space in between. Um 
Because, yeah, even now after practicing rest for a few months, uh, you know, I still have my days sometimes because I'm, I just finished my medical studies and now I, I know something's coming, but I don't know what's next. Maybe I'll start working as a doctor uh, in a few months. But right now, yeah, it's, it's a very, very interesting space that I'm in and I was resisting it for a very long time. I feel like it took me weeks, months to truly arrive to the space, to this place of being okay with not knowing and just resting. Um, yeah, if you have any personal stories or advices for this, I would love to hear. Yeah, and it's so interesting because I feel like right now this is a space that quite a few people are in, or maybe it's just we're all drawn to each other. I don't know, but I'm hearing, yeah, a really similar experience for so many people. And, um, you know, this idea I was mentioning before of how we're brought up with the, not all of us, many of us, the tenants of working very, very hard. You know, you work very hard and you can achieve anything to it is to really take the opportunity when it comes and this almost scarcity mindset of we're not going to get anything better than this. And three, I think for many of us, there's also this layer of feeling who am I to have the life that I dream of or I desire, you know, who, who am I to have that? It's greedy. It's um, impossible. I'm being ridiculous, whatever the story is. And another thing that I just adore about human design, and it really feels true to me is that, I mean, another uh, like subheading of human design is the science of differentiation, you know? So the, the way in which we we are all meant to behave in a different way. So the way that I interpret this is, you know, the advice for one person, uh, let's say graduating medical school, that would help them be the best doctor, the best, have the best path, would be maybe the advice for the person beside them that would you know, um, totally burn them out, send them into maybe feeling a depression or feeling that not seen or feeling like there's nothing's really working out for them. So, so there's no such thing as one size fits all advice. And when I realized that I it felt, I felt it so deeply in my bones, you know, because being in the health and wellness world for a while now, you often see, you know, it's like, drink green juice every morning and you have someone um, selling that idea, not even just sharing that idea because that's been so medicinal for them and that's been so healing for them and they look happy and they look beautiful. And then the next person thinks, that's what I need. I can do that. I can drink green juice every day. They try it. They don't feel great. They don't feel amazing. Actually, they maybe they even feel a little bit worse. And what then what then happens in that situation most of the time is we tell ourselves well i'm just lazy or i'm just you know uh, there's something wrong with me right and i think that there's off there's also this thing that 
yeah, we tend to blame ourselves. And I think that most of us are actually more disciplined or um, committed than we give ourselves credit for. But the thing is that we're often trying to force ourselves to be disciplined around something that doesn't work for us, that isn't who we are. And that's where we start to feel like, what's wrong with me? Why do I give up? Why can't I make it work? Um, And so then, you know, coming back to human design, the idea or the understanding is that if we really live by our energy and we really start to tap into making those decisions from that intuitive space and not from the space of, well, I should take that job because it has, Mm -hmm. you know, the best paycheck or it's my dream job. It has prestige. It looks good. Now I'm not saying that if you can't pay your rent to not take a job you don't like, of course, I hope we can understand that. But when we're kind of in a space where we have a little bit to play with, with, and for most of us who are listening to that, this podcast, we have the privilege of not always, but most of us will have the privilege if we really get down to it to kind of be in that space at some point in our lives, you know? Um, and so with human design, the idea is the more we can really tap into that energy, the more we actually will be propelled into a life that feels so good and so suited for us. Because when we feel good, we naturally are very giving, are very generous, energetically with our time, with whatever, to everyone around us. And I think we all know that when we feel good, it's so easy to be there for someone else or it's it's it, you just naturally lift people up around you but what most of us do is we because most of us do want to make other people feel good we sacrifice what we want we sacrifice how we feel to try to make them feel better but then we're draining ourselves and kind of no one feels good mm-hmm. and then if we apply that to making these logical decisions of like this job pays well or this job has prestige or if I, whatever, if I break up with this person, then I'll be alone forever. If we kind of move from that very logical place, we're kind of walking along a, along a timeline that isn't really meant for us. And, and in order to start to get back on your path, which might be very long and windy, you know, playing with this stuff doesn't mean instant success. I can definitely tell you that. But you start to feel... Um, this is where I'm meant to be. And I think in order to begin to walk along that and experiment with that, we need to learn how to be in the in-between because things don't change quickly. Um, For example, if you're a sacral generator, which both of us are, sometimes that in-between space begins with us saying, it's not that. It's not that. So it might come from saying no to something and no to something else. And slowly, you know, particularly if you've had a very, very busy life, which most of us have and do, when you start to say "Mm, no, 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 you start to feel a little bit uneasy because you wake up and you're like, I have a full day to do whatever I want. And what hits us is fear sometimes at that moment. I have a full fear, right? Because we we feel, oh my, oh my goodness, I've let go of control and nothing's going to come toward me ever again. And so th- that place, again, particularly for sacral beings, but really for everyone, because 
making decisions from the mind is a false sense of security. You know, like we tell ourselves, okay, we mentally tell ourselves, I'll take that job. It makes X amount per week. And then with, you know, my spare five hours, I'll work on this. And again, in some circumstances where we need that, that's beautiful. But when we get really, really honest and clear with ourselves, you know, we might say no to that false sense of security And instead we take, maybe we take a job babysitting. Maybe we take a job making coffee that doesn't have the prestige of our degree or as being like, you know, maybe the pay is slightly lower, but we take the job of the, yeah, looking after kids or making coffee because we, there's something kind of um, more exciting about that. And it also gives us more freedom and space, right. To, to just be again, in that, in the water, in the current to see what happens next. And so to kind of uh, opt out of where we think we have to be means that we're pretty much always in the in-between space to the point where for, for me now, like many years into this experiment, I almost feel perpetually in the in-between space. Mm. You know, it's, it, it, it's, ne- it's now mm. not really something that ever goes away. Um, and it's hard because uh, it, it, it's probably the last year it's only become easy for me when someone says, you know, what's next for you? You know, how's the business going? Like, what's next for you? And for me to say, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I don't know what's next for me. And it's not about, um, you know, uh, giving up control so much that you're like, I don't care. The universe will take care of it. But actually just to be very grounded in, I have my needs met. I know that everything is, you know, there in the background to support me. And I have that level of safety. And I don't, at this point, I have one thing lined up over here, one thing lined up over there. And the next piece, it will fall in when it's time. And there is so much, um, I think, adrenaline in all of us that wants to have everything filled in or lined up so far in advance. And again, particularly for sacral beings, this takes us away from being in the fullness of um, what we're really, really here to experience. Um, And and again, it can sound a little bit like eye-rolly, but sacral beings are, are really what the universe wants is for you to be in a, and it's not even like your dream job. That's not even a thing. It's your dream lifestyle. It's like doing the work you love that gives you time to do the other things that you love. Mm-hmm. If you need 10 hours of sleep a night, amazing. If you love to swim in the ocean every day, incredible. Your dream job is not like the coolest job ever, but it's the work that allows you to bake your bread in the morning if that's what you love doing and then go and like, work in finance right and be like in your power suit and have your lunches with your champagne and then come back home into your country garden house and you know slice up your sourdough and and um watch a movie before bed like it's the whole picture this is just you know particularly for sacral beings because this is what you and I are um and that's where the universe wants you to be because in that place you can just you can turn the lights on for so many more people. You're just a generous soul in that point. And we know that this is true. You know, when you see people who are just so 
turned on by their life. It just, it, it gives so much energy, inspiration, permission. It helps the world go around, you know? Yeah. Makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, and also what I feel is that, I mean, now for the first time ever, um, really diving into creating in, in all kinds of ways, I feel like there's, I need so much space and time. Like I already had this realization last year at uni with my diploma work, my thesis, but now it's a whole other level, you know, even just creating this, the podcast or um, like business ideas. Yeah. And I wanted to just go a bit more into your um ways of um, writing or your practices for creating in, in, in your business new offerings or, or anything like that how do you go about it yeah I love this question so much because it's been since I started really working with human design uh it's just been this constant doing less and less and less and less and I have these moments like can I do le less than this like <laughs> is that gonna be okay um because when I first started working for myself which was seven over seven years ago now I was like I was hustling you know I was really I was teaching yoga classes I was doing social media for cafes I was managing yoga studios and I was Oh, and no one worked from home. I mean, actually, I did a little bit of work from home at that time, which felt like actually a luxury because it wasn't very normal then. But I was really, really just so busy, so, so, so busy all the time. And um, when I came into human design a couple of years into working for myself, I immediately began to experiment with the system, mainly in relationship to my work and my business and things like that. And the first thing I did was just start to very, very slowly, because again, everything in about me, which I never realized until I really came into contact with human design, everything about me is very slow. I make very slow progress, you know, Uh, even though I never thought that about myself. And so um, I started to very, very slowly. So I didn't freak myself out, let go of things. Mm -hmm. And an example that I've given many times before is one that stands out very clearly to me in my mind is back then I was um, teaching corporate yoga. So I was teaching yoga classes in offices and most of the time Uh, this was not my favorite thing. I've never worked a corporate job. I felt a little bit out of place. I felt that the people didn't want to be there and I wasn't really the right person to uh, try to get them interested in being there. But it was it paid well, you know. It was something that it paid, it paid well. And when I started to really work with this, I made this commitment that I don't want to do the corporate yoga classes. I want to start to let go of those And the very first step was to say no just to one of them, you know, and just piece by piece, I started to pull back until the woman who coordinated those classes for me all over the city, like all over the city was like, do you want me to take you off the roster? And it took me three days to write back to her email and say, yeah, I don't want any more corporate classes. 
The moment that I did that, the very next morning, somebody called me and said, do you want to teach a yoga retreat with me in Bali? I'll pay you $3,000. It's, you know, four days. Um, I really want you there. It's going to be amazing. And, and, and what had happened even just before she made that call was I got like one final corporate yoga offer and it was like more money than I'd ever had from a one class situation. And I just thought, you know what I could do with the money, but it's not like, you know, it's not life or death right now. So I'm going to say, no, I'm going to really stick to my body. And when I heard like, you know, do you want to come teach this class? My body was like, no. So I said no. I thought that I was just being so stupid and so irrational and what's wrong with you? Who do you think you are? You know, all those thoughts. And then next day that kind of came through. Now it doesn't always happen that quickly or that obviously, but it's kind of a good example. And so for me now, many, many years down the track, um, I'm the same as you. Like I need a lot of space and it's just that for so much of my life I was so used to working in overdrive and so used to thinking I have to go really hard and really fast and because I could make myself do it you know like uh, I could push my body forward to do it I just thought yeah it's okay this is you know I can I can work that much and and that's not a problem for me Um, And then when I really started to experiment with taking more space and more time, what I found is my business grew a lot, you know, and it's not that I don't do any work at all. Obviously, Um, as generators, I think we love creating and we love making things, but those, those take time. And even now, um, you know, when I when I want to offer another course, I have a studio, which has actually been a really beautiful container because it, it's something I can kind of pour into. But we do about like one live class a week and then I film extra class throughout the month. So it's very free and it's not like I have to show up on that studio every single day. Mm-hmm. So that's been really beautiful. And now when I work with like offering a new course, I'm really, really connected to like trusting the timing, which again is it, it, it takes a lot of practice to get to that point because we live in a world which is telling you that you're always behind. And we live in a world with a lot of like loud marketing advice about how we make a million dollars in a year, how you make a hundred grand in a month. And I'm like, power to you if that's your game and you know you're about kind of like playing with the uh the energies of money that's awesome but it can be a big distraction for those of us who are here to really really yeah trust like the spaciousness the timing for something to come through and I um you know, my accountant by this point, she just trusts me, but she's always like, what's coming up next quarter or what's coming up next year? And I'm like, again, there's a baseline, but with the kind of bigger offerings, the courses, I don't know. Um, I, you know, I, I taught and you were part of it early this year, the deep breast immersion. And I had that in my back pocket for a year, you know, and people were saying, when is it coming? When is it coming? And there was a part of me that's like, just put it out there. You want to teach it, you know, like 
all these kinds of things. And I just had to wait until the day that the whole course was very clear and I had no more question marks about it. It was just there and it was time. Um, so that's a long winding answer to your question, but uh, it, it's been this really interesting exploration. It's that dance, I think, between building a foundation, right, within your work and with your business and then really looking at where you can actually peel back because that's the interesting thing about working online right now. There is this um, almost this uh, this sensation in the air which tells you that every moment can be monetized and every moment you could turn into content right and again if we want to create online we do have to make we do have to create content and we do have to work but that messaging will take us actually so far away from I think um, creating a business that is really sustainable, that is that does make us a great income, that does support us, um, we can absolutely lose ourselves in that very tempting, um, shiny messaging of what are you doing right now? Why aren't you doing another session? Why are you offering something here and there? And so for me, the biggest medicine has been take your time yeah. and even recently um, starting the Substack, which you mentioned before, this from a business perspective makes no sense. These emails take me a whole entire day, if not three or four days to write. And it's offered at a very small price point, but I know that that's where my energy needs to be right now. And um, it, it's been such a beautiful project and process of letting myself move slowly with something because I see how much value that brings um yeah 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 um and just looking at all of your creations I mean I mean before I used to always hear like yeah do the things that are um money producing activities in your business but I think we talked about this before that as a generator, doing whatever makes you happy in a way will be beneficial for your business as well. And, and you can't really separate yourself from the business. Um, anyways, I wanted to go off a little bit into your writing practice because I feel like that's the perfect example of how, you know, you, you share your poetry on your page and then but at the same time you're you're teaching rest you're teaching human design it's like a beautiful combination of of all of these things yeah thank you yeah it's that's been just really interesting to witness too as well because it really feeds into this I think and when I first started doing human design readings and um, teaching yoga I thought that I had to write about you know how will rest help you? <laughs> Why do you need rest? Because, you know, when I started practicing yeah. rest, I was like, oh, like all the creatives, all the business, all we need this mm -hmm. stuff. It's not just if you're sick or if you're burnt out, it's, it's kind of all of us. And so I thought in order to um, grow this business and share these practices, which I became so passionate about, I had to say why people will need them, what you'll get out of them, how you feel, because that's what we're 
told, you know, like what problem are you solving for people? And people need to be really clear on what you're offering. Mm. And what I witnessed was the more I walked away from that and walked toward just sharing my poetry and my writing, which is something I've done for so long, for a really, really long time. It's always been something that, um, you know, it kind of comes easily to me. It's also been something that's been very healing. It's, you know, uh, even though I, I studied poetry at, well, I did, I did my first week of a poetry, uh, you know, module at university and immediately, uh, unenrolled from that class because I found it so boring. It's so pompous. Um, but yeah, it's like the more I started to trust actually just what naturally was me uh, and, and just share that, yeah. that's when people began to book human design readings and mm-hmm. come and join the yoga things. And yeah. it's so interesting because that really goes against the messaging of what we're told, you know, um, yeah, and no one would ever suggest that you should share poetry in order to sell a human design reading but to me that's such a strong example of again like whatever is us whatever comes naturally from us who we are um that's going to bring the right people towards you and so yeah it was probably a couple of months ago now I've been sharing poetry on Instagram for for a while and then a couple of months ago I really got the deep feeling of you need to do even more writing I think I had a moment where I to be very honest here I think I had a moment where I saw someone was um advertising they had a book and I thought why don't I have a book like why don't I have a book and then I and then my next thought was well you don't really spend that much time writing you write your newsletters you write your Instagram posts but if you want to have a book you you know like there needs to be you need to really put value on that practice um you know so I got this uh, knowing or feeling of download to do some slightly less one-on-one sessions which has been a big part of my business for the past four years and to spend more time writing. And like I said before, that's that's logically a terrible decision because one-on-one readings bring in a great income. Substack at $8 a month does not. But already, you know, already I am witnessing and seeing the extreme value in me prioritizing working on my writing. I'm already seeing this massive, massive shift And it's just been another confirmation of it's not about always chasing the money sounds really brash. I don't think any of us who are doing this kind of work are really like chasing the money, but it's not necessarily about what offering is going to bring in the income that's actually going to bring you that expansion, which again, that's a big, that's controversial. That's a big thing for the mind to get around. Um, And it, takes nervous system work I have to tell you and and whenever I find myself in that space which is like am I crazy for doing this I remind myself that that's that's a good sign you're on the right path Mm, um I like this so yeah (laughs) good good reminder (laughs) Mm. yeah wow well thank you for all, all all of these this wisdom and and these 
experiences that you shared and before we wrap this up i'm gonna ask you how do you like to recharge yourself these days yeah oh so many things no. <laughs> like my work day is so much like multiple walks outside meditation <laughs> rest movement like so all of those things you know, all the things I share in the studio, which is like mobility and um, stretching and rest and breath and meditation. Like I am, am a very physical being, I guess, like very, it, I, I need my body to, to move uh, every single day, even if it's in a very, very gentle way. Um, otherwise, I don't, I don't feel like myself. So I really recharge through sometimes a uh, very active sweating movement, but my everyday practice really is this like rest, which sometimes I think people, people say to me, you must be a projector because you take this time to rest every day. It's like, no, I'm just uh, slowly becoming a well-adjusted generator. I'm not there yet, but I'm moving in that direction. Right. So taking the time to be in, uh, to move the body, but also to be in quiet and stillness and to uh, close or cover the eyes is huge for me um, in order to recharge because, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, the way we connect is so much through the screen. Um, but also, you know, taking walks outside and uh, as you and I have shared before, like cooking is such a huge thing, taking time to make multiple um, like drinks throughout the day, like always have like a tea and an infusion, like a green tea and infusion yeah. tea, um, some kind of latte. Uh, and also to be perfectly honest, like I really love watching people's um beautiful little videos on YouTube about their lives, mm -hmm. often in other countries, cooking their beautiful homes and spaces. I love that too. That's a really uh, special practice for me as well. Yeah. 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 I feel like you're the queen of um, self-care and recharging yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, food question is coming up. Mm. Um, how do you like to nourish yourself this season? Yeah, it's, um, I've been sharing this a little bit on the Substack, but I was vegetarian and then vegan for most of my life. I was, um, I first became vegetarian when I was about 15. And then, you know, I dipped in and out, um, but spent most of my time uh, not eating meat. And then for about six years, I was completely vegan. And, um, at the beginning of last year, I started to incorporate just at first, it was like manuka honey. Um, and I started to be very drawn toward animal products in a strange way, even like sheepskins and beeswax candles. It was so, such a strange thing for my mind to come to terms with. And, you know, these days, um, my favorite way to nourish myself is actually with a lot of animal foods. Like yeah. most days I'm having bone broth um, and ghee and, uh, you know, um, red meats. And I really love to make these kind of more traditional foods like pickles and ferments and um 
I eat a lot of rice and a lot of bread too, and just putting herbs into pretty much everything, making miso and like um, natto, things like that. So it feels um, really, really nice to kind of arrive in a place where, and I'm, I'm not saying labels are bad uh, when for some people it's really important part of their expression and who they are but for me it feels like so much freedom you know to just really be open to eat and in a way that feels right and there's something that's very very healing about eating these traditional foods um yeah and I, I think for for many of uh, for many women there's such a culture of undernourishment you know like it's so and I think that that was probably my story and it's not just thanks to being vegetarian I think it's just it doesn't matter who we are but I think for most of my life my adult life was definitely just undernourished and so now to be putting fat in everything <laughs> and you know really just like feeding feeding myself um I've seen some really wonderful changes in like my body and how I feel. And it's been a very beautiful season of eating, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I could talk to you about this, about foods and yeah. like all these <laughs> herbs and yeah, nourishing yourself in all the ways. Yeah. Maybe, maybe later in another episode. <laughs> um but yeah, and I can relate a lot to to this. I, I had a similar story and I feel like so many people are going through yeah. similar things. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, it's huge right now. Yeah. And it's, mm. but it's beautiful. I feel like it's all about going yes. back to the roots and nourishing ourselves yeah. deeply. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, final question is... Mm -hmm. Um, what do these two words, healing union, um, what do these bring up in you? Or how yeah, you I love them? these words. And to <laughs> me, and something that I love about like you and your work is, um, is, is even bringing opposites together, mm -hmm. you know, like to, that, to me that like there's so much healing in bringing together these different ways of thinking and these different modalities and there's different perspectives there's something to me extremely exciting about this idea that different things work for different people and we don't have to be so like limited or fixated in our beliefs to that I know that doesn't maybe sound anything like healing union but to me that's the mm -hmm. that's the message that I get from it that there's mm -hmm. so much freedom and beauty and healing in bringing together um different ideas different perspectives different modalities and for you then from this very um steady place in who we are choosing elements of of all these different um places to to again nourish who we are and feed who we are so yeah I love that mm. yes I, I like this image um amazing well thank you Ami and now I just ask you where pe people can find you all the offerings all the amazing amazing offerings you have <laughs> now um feel free to share 
Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's so I could talk forever. I'm sure we could we could talk on so many subjects and so yes. many topics. Yes. Um, but my work, you can find me on Instagram at the Daily Rest, um, and you can find my website and the studio, the Daily Rest Studio, and kind of one-on-one mentoring and things like that um, on anyray.com. So just my name, but it's also all linked through the Instagram. And uh, yeah. Thank you. And I really recommend working with Emmy in all the ways. I feel like I've tried it all. <laughs> <laughs> the one-on-one, the studio, the substack. So yes, please go for it. Thank people. you. And thank you for sharing your message and being yourself and showing up and keep doing that thank you so much bye bye i hope you could take in all this wisdom and this energy that emmy shared on this episode and once again i just wanted to come back to encouraging you to start practicing rest and there's no better place to do so than in Emmy's online studio because as someone with a medical background what I see is that so many diseases and just so many problems could be solved could be prevented by showing up to to rest on a regular basis, showing up to, yeah, feeling our feelings and connecting back to our bodies, our intuition. There's no better way to not just take care of ourselves, but by taking care of ourselves, taking care of everyone around us. Um, Yeah, (laughs) and I also feel like it's my mission to remind people of this. So, yes. I will link Emmy's uh, Instagram account and her website in the show notes. I will also link my um, website and yeah, you can connect with us. I hope you'll take these reminders and little golden nuggets from this episode and just remember them uh, on a daily basis. And yeah, have a beautiful rest of the week. Sending you so much love.